Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on the Thought Leader Podcast, we search the world for interesting and fascinating and sometimes remarkably smart guests who are going to challenge the way you think, they're going to inform you of things that you may not have thought about, and they're going to ignite your imagination as we discuss all sorts of topics. All right, without further ado... Nice to talk with you, Lee. I, you know, have to say um, that is the most colorful shirt I have seen in quite a long time. So, so if you could describe that to our audience, because um, they're just listening and, of course, they can't see you. So, how would you describe that shirt? Yeah, it's a lovely mix of green, red, blue, and white flowers, and it's just, yeah, it's vibrant, but not actually that bright. Yeah, if you if you kind of cross your eyes, it almost looks like it's one color or something. But then when you look closely, it's pretty cool. So how does that apply to your business? How does that apply to what you do? Yeah, well, it's very much my work is all about interconnections. And despite the fact that the T-shirt is probably, what, six different colors, it's all interconnected in an ecosystem. And very much in the way I run my business, I work at the intersection of a number of different areas, well-being, inclusion, performance. And interestingly, I take a very similar approach as my shirt into the businesses that I work with, because ultimately it's very easy to isolate different business processes and different challenges within business and not realise that by tweaking one area, you can actually impact others in ways you might not want to. So we always look to build that awareness of the interconnectivity of businesses themselves. So, Randy, I just figured out, Lee, he can turn anything into a good story. So <laughs> just so the listeners know, I, we didn't prepare him with this, this shirt thing. He just yeah. he crafted that based on my funny comment here. And we, lo- we love storytellers and we love the way people can turn anything into, uh, into a pitch. And so I'm going to give you a chance here to pitch On your website, uh, Lee, you talk about functional coaching. Now, we know functional medicine. It's very big here in the US where it's like the 360, let's take everything into account and and not diagnose based on what the drug companies want to sell. Functional coaching, that's an unusual term and I'd love you to explain it. Yeah, so what, what I'd say, Randy, is the functional coaching approach is kind of looking that a lot of what we kind of want to dig into in the kind of personal development and coaching space is really looking at that top challenge of I have a current problem that I feel I need to be coached through and that support and that awareness and being probed and challenged is going to help me to get there. And we don't always often ask ourselves, why do we want to be coached on this particular area? What is the reasoning behind? What is the cause we feel we need that support? We need that allyship. We need that ability to develop. And sometimes people are looking to be coached in an area, but are not actually aware of what it is that's driving them to want to push forward in that aspect. So the functional coaching model is all about actually digging to why and digging beyond that initial, I will have a problem and I'd like a coach to support me on this journey or I'm looking for someone to mentor me who's been on that pathway 
and it actually digs deeper into that why really getting deeper on those those reasons you know those purposeful aspects but also those fre- underlying threads that people don't always notice are dangling in different parts of their lives because when we tend to work on a at deeper level we see that actually people have a lot of interconnected aspects that they're not always aware of and that can often drive the decisions and the things they focus on so lee um for some reason as you're speaking uh, you're so eloquent and you have such a great um kind of voice and everything else but i started thinking about your shirt and the way you speak and the sort of really cool business you've started i started thinking about your mom it might be your dad it might be your grandma it might be some other person but i feel like did someone set you on the path to wear colorful shirts um no, to be honest, I'm very much, most of my wardrobe is block colour. I meant metaphorically. Ah. <laughs> Someone who can, <laughs> but I wanted to trick you there. But like, where did you inherit this? You know, where did you get this idea for um, figuring things out? You know, uh, being intuitive, kind of just understanding how to fix problems. Is that something you inherited? Something you've learned along the way? Yeah, I think there's a, probably a few little parts in that journey, Kent, where as a child, I was incessantly curious, wanted mm-hmm. to know how things worked, why the world was the way it was, why people acted the way that they did. And that really kind of drove me into that direction about asking people questions all the that, time. That had to have had to have gotten you into trouble. The, the, the word incessant applied to children is <laughs> Well, you know... Adults have a certain bandwidth for a child keep asking things beyond the boundaries of, you know, you've taken up enough of my time. So, yeah, it got me into some really interesting conversations very young, also into quite a lot of trouble because it was seen as disruptive and it was seen as disrespectful because you're supposed to be a child and you're not supposed to want to dig into everything that comes your way. So there was a beautiful aspect to me finding that harmony between interesting life but troublesome life at the same time Uh, but I did have some you know anchored wisdom from my grandparents who had migrated from the Caribbean to the UK really yeah so Uh, what kind of what kind of wisdom did they have just the demeanor the 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 way they think what where do you think that kind of came from yeah I think both my both my grandma and my grandpa were very much big on moral charisma so being being a good person and really applying yourself in life and looking to embrace new cultures and be curious about different places. So they came from a world in the Caribbean which was very different to the world they came into and they had to embrace that, they had to explore that and, you know, they managed to build a life here that ultimately resulted in me and the choices that they made then obviously, you know, have become my kind of legacy, I suppose. And even though they've now both passed away, they've left me with lots of little nuggets of wisdom for me to take on my journey. And, you know, those sit with me in my work. And what we'll always find is there's always a tale to people's kind of work and the things that they do. And it's quite often from other people. I mean, there's been a number of people who supported me on that journey. And ultimately for me, it's about really continuing to be uh curious and really want to kind of explore the world 
in a number of different ways and help other people empower them to do that. Uh, some of the other things, Ken, uh, losing the ability to walk and relearning again, that was a big reflection point that stopped me and made me really think about the purpose and the legacy. Uh, and some of my mental health challenges when I was younger as well, again, reflecting back on them have really empowered me to want to look at you know the psychology of human beings and see what we can do in this world to really help people dig a bit deeper and then navigate through that. So that's a beautiful image. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pry one level more uh, and your story is a remarkable one. But what I think is interesting, so I, you know, we, we traffic in amazing stories in the work we do, which is amazing. But what I like is that you've applied it, right? So the application of the amazing story, the application of, oh, my grandparents talked about charisma, you know, but also being good, being kind, being good. I lost the ability to walk, but now I can walk again. I mean, but it's not about you. It's about, you know, how do you help others? So where do you see, I mean, 2021 is crazy. 2022 might be crazier. Uh, 2050 might be even more more crazy. What What is your vision for the future? I'm, I'm diving in deep here, Randy, and then, and then you can come uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> make I mean, sense of it. It's an increasingly dynamic world we live in, and there's a real kind of beauty to that because we have to be become more agile. We have to become more adaptable. This past 18 months, humans have shown what can be achieved. And a lot of people have managed a lot of things. If I look out to the future, well, you know, there's a lot of different aspects that are evolving around us, but people is always at the front of the conversation and people is actually right in the heart of a lot of things that are happening. And as we look to develop ourselves as people, well, that really does start to, you know, dig into the fact that to be able to navigate the world and understand the world, we need to understand ourselves. And that is something that isn't naturally built into a lot of our education and a lot of our feedback and reflective practice. And ultimately, for me, it's about looking and thinking, you know, biotechnology will come, you know, machine learning and AI will change the world around us. But ultimately, people will drive the systems and the processes. So it's about people becoming more aware of the impact that they can make. I think we've already seen there's polarity in the world that's been generated by, you know, the, the challenges that we've faced. But people really can pull together when we face with significant challenges. If we look at the current climate situation, that's going to get to a point that's not far off where we actually have to come together and create solutions. But we've done that for millennia, creating solutions when we needed to, coming together and stopping fighting and actually embracing and collaborating. So for me, I kind of see that collaborative future strategically and ultimately I'm really working to be able to, you know, get essentialized to a point where we are a people board who can offer a range of interconnected services to businesses across the globe in an agile and dynamic way that doesn't look at just replicating what's been done, but actually looks at what their, need, their needs are, what their future needs might be, and how we can tailor our work to their challenges. So you're an interesting guy, Lee. You came out of university, you got a job in finance uh, in the middle of a recession, not really necessarily a, a good place to be. You started an e-commerce business that presumably you're still running. You went and got a degree in environmental psychology and then you did sleep 
and nutrition studies. How do you build all of those different elements of your experiences since 2007, since only 14 years, it's not very long, into a coherent, cohesive business that you're running now, Essentialize, and how does all that experience and knowledge make you uniquely qualified to help people? Yeah, so I suppose it's kind of taking that knowledge and then really distilling it down because it's easy to learn quite a lot of knowledge but not really be able to apply much understanding to it. So a big part of it was actually experimenting on myself continuously. So for me, it was actually mapping out these concepts that I'd learned, really putting them side by side and seeing, okay, so which concepts could be connected between the different modalities and different uh, subjects and topics that I've learned to a level of depth in? What are the basics and fundamentals that seem to run throughout all these? How can I experiment and apply them to myself to see and use myself as a case study to start with and then be able to take that as a minimum viable concept and expect use other people to experiment with it and see and get that data set and get that feedback to see how that then lands with them. So I suppose it's become a bit of a, a life's work of data points and you know referencing and, and journaling to start to really get clear on some things that seem to be relatively unique principles and some things that actually seem to run quite true across a wider variety of society. So for me, it's just taking those interesting aspects. Ultimately, we're all bio-individual. So there is no simple meal plan. There is no simple sleep schedule. There is no exercise routine. And comically, there is no simple business plan for you. You've really got to be able to start to define some of your own elements Go out there, test it, experiment like a scientist with a lab coat on, some beakers and some chemicals, put it all in there and see what happens, record. And if you actually treat life like that, you get closer and closer to the expression that's actually going to work for you. And ultimately, by taking that mindset, you actually still keep yourself grounded as a beginner. You don't take the basics for granted. And as you start to work on more complex problems, you still tap back into those fundamentals. So you're never so far in the sky that you're unable to transmute that back down to your general person and meet them where they're at. So in my experience, people in business, I'm a business geek and everybody in business makes the same mistake. They fall in love with their idea of the product. People fall in love with their idea of how the world should work. They fall in love with their idea of how they want to be As a person, they fall in love with their idea of how they want the world to perceive them. All of this leads to very tunnel vision thinking. How do you break through those beliefs? Yeah, so for me, it's having continual reference points from other people pulling me out of my myopia because it doesn't matter how self-aware you are. And I've spent a lot of time trying to increase my self-awareness. You need to have a hook on the back of your head and people who are like, "Mm," to drag you out and give you that more strategic thinking. You have to build that around you. And the trouble is, if anyone believes they're honestly so enlightened that they don't need that, then they actually seem such a small sliver. 
of the world that they're actually guaranteed to not make the impact that they want to. So for me, I've got you know a range of people in a range of different areas who will pull me east, they'll pull me west, they'll pull me up, they'll drag me underground. And by doing that, you get to see that actually it's not a spectrum, it's not flat, it's actually three-dimensional. And getting pulled by those different forces allows you to look at what you're creating from a number of different angles, from a number of different planes. But also, you can use the feedback of the people in that sphere who also sit outside of that sphere to look at best practice elsewhere, to get advice on the work that you're doing, to get feedback from those who've been through it. And I think it's so easy as a, as a business owner who has to make decisions at speed, who's looking to grow something that's impactful, to get stuck right in the centre, in the core of that sphere and never move from that what can be a comfortable place if you're doing what you're really passionate about. And actually, you've got to get uncomfortable and be pulled about. And that hook on my head sometimes, I wish it wasn't there. I wish I could just sit and you know do what I do, but it's so important that we are pulled around by the forces because if there's anything, as long as you're stationary in the middle, the world is moving around you. And before you know it, you'll be irrelevant. Your business won't be achieved what it looks to achieve. And you'll have found that actually you'll have put yourself into a place of extinction because you didn't move as the world moved around you. So Lee... I've got goosebumps, chill bumps, whatever you call them, uh, around the world from that. Not because you inspire me, but because you're using words that no one else is using and painting a picture that I've never heard before. And also bringing three dimensions to something that is largely two-dimensional uh, in our minds. And it's pretty funny, too, the hook in the back of your head. So what I love about that is when I think about gravity, right, when I think about so motion, motion is what creates energy. So that kinetic motion, when people pull you around, they pull you down, that's what's going to give you, you stress and distress. They're all stresses. They're all going to help you move forward. So what I'm interested in is how does that tie to the learning to walk again? Because you have a spatial understanding of the world and of gravity that I think a lot of people don't have. Yeah, I think it's very much a case of, you know, when suddenly you can't hold your own weight on your legs, you you have a you have a real chance to firstly realise how you take basic things for granted and how it's easy to do that in business as well. Just sit there and take things for granted, especially when things are in motion, because sometimes you're moving but you're not making progress. But also there's a real power there when you go through that kind of adversity. You have to dig deep. You have to be resilient, but you can't just endure because you can endure to a point where it's actually detrimental and will stifle your recovery. So it actually becomes a lot more about how can I be consistent in doing what I need to do, anchoring to outside forces. For me, it was my daughter who was born when I was in physiotherapy and I was determined I was going to start walking before she did. Does that competitive streak was in me. It's in everyone. You need a little bit of that to really be able to, you know, push forward in times of challenge. Uh, but I'd, it made me take ownership over my own health outcomes. It made me actually take ownership over a lot of the aspects in my life where maybe I didn't actually step up and take as much responsibility as I should have previously. 
And the lessons from that really allowed me to realize that stress so often comes from meaning and meaning brings responsibility. And I had a responsibility to really improve my health outcomes to become, you know, the, the best that I could be. What am I today? I'm only 70% physically of the man that I was before. But by going through that, by getting incredibly uncomfortable, by having to adapt a lot of things that I do, I'm probably 200% cognitively the, the man that I was previously. And I was open to learn and be teachable again, like a little child. And if anything, it allowed me to learn to walk from a professional perspective because so many of us learn to walk as a child and there's no one looking at our gait. There's no performance coach looking about how we how we step and how our leg moves and our flexion in our knee. And almost relearning to walk has allowed me to do so more effectively by having professionals on that journey with me. Well, thanks, Lee. That's a great place for us to pause for a moment. We love to keep these conversations on the shorter side. Before we finish, I, I'd i love for you to tell me who you would like to talk to today. Who would you like to connect with you so you can have a conversation today? And how can they connect with you? Yeah, so the people I enjoy working with the most are those in, in that second stage of startup to scale up where you're building something that's new, that's innovative, that's making a difference. Those exciting times when you're building a team around you where ultimately the culture is being set, the culture that when you are uh, a world-leading company, these are where you've planted the seeds and the ability to lead through that. I work with organisations and I work with leaders in, in, in those particular areas sector-wise, I work across a variety of sectors and that's, I suppose, the beauty of really coming in with a very holistic approach. And for those who want to connect with me, I'm available at essentialize.co.uk. I'm sure Kent and Randy will spell that out for you. And leechambers.org. And on both those websites, you can see my social links, all my contact details, the blogs that I write, and just have a bit more of an understanding of the work that I do. Yeah. So for all, for our listeners, he spells essentialized the wrong way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he spells it the, the UK way with an S at the end. So essentialize right with the S-E at the end. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you, Lee. Really inspiring. And I love that we just barely nicked the surface of so many amazing topics with you. So thanks for going deep. No, absolute pleasure. This has been such a wonderful conversation today. It was surprising, it was intriguing, it was interesting. And this is just an example of the types of guests that we have on the Thought Leader podcast. And we would love you to subscribe so you get to hear the next issue. Or you can visit our, our website. Our website is thoughtpartnergroup.com. And at the top, you'll see a little button that says, take the assessment. In one minute, you can take the assessment and get a response from us. We'll read everyone. All right. Take care, have a good life, and we'll see you on the next one.